praise thee forever. For on the holy cross hast thou the world from sin redeemed. Christ, we family. You got in the boat and you made it out of your driveway. Way to go. Uh, I thought I was going to need one today uh, just, to, just to get out of the driveway. Isn't that crazy? I tell you. And I think Dennis is right. If it were to go another 37 days, I think maybe we'd have this whole place covered. I'm, just look what two days did. I mean, can you imagine what that would have been like? Wow, what a bunch of water. Uh, great to be with you. I'm glad you guys made it though. We, uh, I mean, uh, you see a lot of our family uh, couldn't get out this morning, wasn't able to make it here, and uh, uh, but you guys did, appreciate you, you know, braving the weather and getting out and that sort of thing. Uh, going to be hopefully talking about some things that will be encouraging uh, to you today, uh, but you know, I got to thinking it's, it's uh, our lives, uh, things happen, uh, it's natural things, rain, uh, in the wintertime we have ice, snow, and, uh, those sort of things happen. I've also noticed that sickness uh, illness within, you know, people, and sometimes people close to us, and they have uh, all kinds of things like that happen in this world. And 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 then you have uh, people making bad decisions and, and bad things happening, and 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 uh, countries at war with other countries, and and oh, just so many things that could that could take up our hearts and up take up our minds, and that we could just dwell on and stress over and have anxiety about all the time, right? We could do that, but we don't do that. And the reason we don't do that is because our Lord is coming back. Right? Our Lord is coming back. This isn't the end. So therefore, when things happen, oh yeah, we don't like it. Tragedies happen, bad things happen, people make bad decisions, people get in wars. We don't like those things, but it doesn't get it. We don't just wring our hands and say, oh no, what are we going to do? We know what's going to happen, Right? We've already read the end of this book, so therefore we don't have to get all upset about anything because we know what's going to happen. And if we were all to be destroyed tomorrow, then all the better. Amen? We'll just go be with our Father. That's what we want to do anyway. So therefore, oh, we're not going to let life get us down. Our Lord has done everything for us. Died on the cross so that we could have the forgiveness of sins. Now because of our forgiveness we have in Him, we look forward to Him coming back so that we can just be with Him for all eternity. What a beautiful day. It'll be when we get to spend eternity for all, with, with our Lord. Uh, looking forward to it. All right. Now, while we're here, though, <laughs> there's a lot of things that go on. And we are just trying to serve our Lord and live for Him as best we can while we have these few years on this earth. So, in that time, trying to serve our Lord, there's a lot of times that maybe you look around like I have done many times in my life. And I look around and I say, how did I get here? And I'm not talking about just the times that I didn't ask directions and ended up on some road that I have no idea, all right? How did I get here? I've done that a lot of times. I'm just talking about when you find yourself involved in something that you never thought you'd be involved in. Wow, how did I get here? 
some sinful thing that you now have, some hobby, some habit that you are involved in, and you look around and you say, what happened? How did I get here? Or maybe you have this lie that you're living, and, and it's just, and you find yourself in, in, in being deceitful and, and doing things that, that you just look around and you think, wow, how did I get to this spot? I didn't want to be here. I never thought I'd be here. How did I get here? Well, let's look at a fella who did the same thing, right? Peter's dilemma. That's what we're going to call it, right? Here's the thing. Now, you got to go back. And, and I don't think I'm going to say anything that, as, as far as the story goes, that you haven't heard of uh, many times, okay? But if you remember the story of Peter, that's what we're going to deal with this morning. Now, you know Peter, right? Peter was the guy who... I mean, if you look at him, he did some really amazing things, and, and, and he said some very powerful things, didn't he? Oh, a couple of them I thought about was when Jesus came to the, the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some others say Jeremiah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked? Who do you say that I am? And Peter answers up and says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Amen, right? Powerful statement. Way to go, Peter. Matter of fact, Jesus praises him for his words there and says, oh, that's right. And flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. I mean, you, you, you saw this because the, the God is, is revealing it to you, right? And matter of fact, those are the words that I'm going to build my, my kingdom on, my church on. That's great words you just said. And then you skip down a couple of verses, Right? Down to verse 21, from that time on, Jesus told him, began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. He said, you shall, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me. Talk about a turn of events, right? Get behind me. But I want you to notice what Peter said. No, Lord. Matter of fact, it says he kind of took him aside. Now, wait a minute, Lord. Come on, i got to talk to you about this. We can't, you can't be doing that, right? You're not, this is not going to happen to you. Oh, yeah. You're a stumbling block to me, he says to Peter. And you don't have in mind the concerns of God, but you're just thinking on the human terms, right? So uh, what I want you to see is Peter made some, wow, wonderful Powerful statements. Here's another one. This is in Matthew 26. Jesus says to his disciples, During this very night, all of you will reject me. Now, how would you like for that? you sitting around, Jesus talking to him, and he said, You know, tonight, every one of you are going to reject me. Wow. Matter of fact, he even quotes some Old Testament scripture. I will strike the shepherd, down the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And then he goes right on to talk about some other things. But after I'm raised to life, I will go to Galilee ahead of you. He's moving on, but Peter's not, right? Peter said, even if everybody else rejects you, I never will. No, sir. Not going to. Oh, powerful, right? What a statement. I'm not going to. I don't care if everybody else does, Lord. I will never reject you. It's interesting, though. Jesus replied, Hey, listen, I'll, I'll give you a promise. Tonight, matter of fact, before the rooster crows, and if you're at Don's house, that's about 2 o'clock in the morning, all right? Before the rooster crows, you will deny me, right? You will say that you don't even know me, right? Three times you'll do that. 
Peter said, oh, let me speak up again, right? Listen, Lord, you may promise it, oh, which I find very interesting. I know you promised it, Lord, but even if I have to die with you, I will never say that I don't know you. And you notice the next part, right? Sometimes we get down on old Peter. But you notice what everybody else said? They all said the same thing. No, no, Lord, never going to reject you. Oh, we're not going to do it. Going to stay there, right? Going to do it for you. Now, what I want us to see is, is that Peter is where we all want to be. No, Lord, we're yours. We will never deny you. We're going to stay strong. We're going to be what you want us to be. That's the way Peter lived. That's what he said. That's what he was going to do. That was his. As a matter of fact, if you were to ask him at this point, I don't think there was any doubt in his mind. I will do it. I'm not just saying it. I don't care if I have to die with you. I'm going to do it. And I think he meant it. I don't, I don't think he was. I don't think there was anything going on that. Oh, he on you know, back of his mind, he really wasn't committed to God, or really wasn't going to follow. I don't think that was it at all. I think at this point, he meant everything he said. But our Lord knew better. All the other ones said the same thing. Lord, we'll never reject you. We'll never go away. Well, something happened, didn't it? Because a little bit later on, you find Peter, and they arrest him, Jesus, and they take him off to, be, to go to trial. Lots of things happen in that garden. You know, Peter's cutting people's ears off, right? Big things happening while he's there. Got, got uh, Judas betraying with a kiss, and all that sort of thing happens. As they lead him off, guess what happens? No, you don't have to guess. You know, all those disciples, they all run and leave, right? Now, what I'd like to do is I'm going to read uh, what happened, but I've, I, uh, if you're going to try to follow along, you'll notice that uh, I I'm, I'm actually got excerpts from all the Gospels. So you'll, to, in order to read this, you'll have to look up every uh, recording, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then, and then see what they say, because I've just picked out excerpts from each one of them. Okay, So that, that's why this might not read exactly what you're, you're reading along with me there. All right. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some of them then there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down there with them. A servant girl saw him seated there, and she was looking in the firelight there, and she looks at him, she, and she looked pretty close at him. Got, Wait a minute, she said, this man was with him. But he denied a woman, I don't, I don't know him. I promise I'll never forsake you. Not going to, I don't even know him. Well, it was cold, and the servants and the officials stood around warming themselves and the fire they'd made, and Peter also was standing around there with him warming himself. So they asked him, hey, you aren't one of the disciples too, are you? And he denied, and he said, I am not. Oh, I don't know him. I'm not one of his disciples. After a little while, those standing around there went up to Peter, and they said, you got to be one of them because you talk like one of them, right? It's kind of like when you go to Tennessee, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter. People in the Northeast have a distinct accent, don't they? People in Georgia have a distinct accent. As a matter of fact, you can go to, to, to people on the West, they got a distinct accent. We are the only people that talk correctly in the world. Have you noticed that? Only ones that know how to talk. It's, it's interesting. But anyway, they knew he was there because his accent gave him away. He talked, I mean, he had the accent of people from that area, so they knew it was him. And so they said, your accent gives you away. Matter of fact, one of the high priest servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, 
Hey, man, didn't you cut off my cousin's ear a while ago? Right? you got to be him. And he shouted, didn't I see you in the garden? Then he began to, can you believe this? Called down curses and swore to them, I don't know the man. Whew. Now, we just read about what Peter said, not just, but just a few hours before. Lord, I don't care if i got to die with you. I will never, ever say I don't know you. And now we see him not only saying I don't know you, I'm not one of your disciples, but calling down curses, right? Screaming curses, saying, no, I don't know him. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. How tragic, right? How terrible. And then one of the versions says, And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the words of the Lord had spoken to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me, disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Oh, we need to be so careful. Because it doesn't matter who you are or how firmly you state your position or how you think this is it, I'm going to give my life to it. Be careful. Be so careful. Because you may look around and say, how did I get here? What happened? I went from there to here? I never wanted to go there. I never thought I'd be here doing this, saying these things, having this in my life. I never thought I'd be involved in this terrible thing or that ter What's going on? How did I get here? I imagine Peter looked around and said, what in the world happened to me? How did I get to this point? From where I was just a few hours ago, look at me now. Well, some quick points that I thought about. The first one is, if you notice that Peter followed, he stayed there. He was on his way, but what did he do? He kept the distance, didn't he? He followed, but at a distance. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people say, yeah, I believe in God. Matter of fact, many of them say, yeah, I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus. But they want to keep Jesus kind of at a, at a comfortable distance. You know, it's a good thing to talk about. It's a good thing to, matter of fact, people might even come to a building on a Sunday morning and talk about him, right? Good thing to talk about. Matter of fact, as far as morals go, I think he's got wonderful ones. And I think we ought to have some of those morals in our life. Oh, I love to think about Jesus. I love to talk about Jesus. I like Jesus, but I like him at a distance. Because if you're asking me to die with him, be buried with him, to give my life up for him, wait a minute. Yeah, I like Jesus more out there somewhere. Try that. And you're going to look around and say, how did I get here? All this stuff in my life? No, no, no. Following Jesus was never supposed to be at a distance. I also thought about this. Did you notice that immediately Peter ends up with the wrong crowd? He ends up in the wrong situation. Now, personally, here's a personal confession. Most of my issues that I've had in my life when I look around and said, how did I get here? At least when I was younger, I can tell you how I got there. I followed him there. <laughs> That's how I got there. Because I was with people who were, you know, and I thought, ah, you know, and I was just involved in what they were involved in, doing what they were doing, saying what they were saying, right? Talking like they were talking. I was just being one of the guys. And I found myself in situations I look back and say, how did I get here? And I know how I got here. I followed them here, right? That's where they are. That's where they were. So that's where I ended up. Wrong 
crowd. And I find it interesting, he was warming himself by their fire. Right? Hanging around with them, warming himself by their fire. Now, what I'd like you to see is, and please, you guys have heard me speak. I don't think there's anybody here who hasn't heard me talk a whole bunch of times, right? So you know I'm not saying, listen, we don't need to be around other people and we don't need to be an influence on other I'm not saying that at all. Matter of fact, the opposite of that. We need to be involved in other people's lives. We need to show them that we care and that our Lord has given everything for them. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to take away from that. What I am saying is this. If you warm yourself by their fire, in other words, if you're involved in their life, their lifestyle, doing their things, then please don't think, well, how did I get? No, if you're going to be involved in that, that's going to happen. Evil companionships corrupt good morals. It's going to happen. Our Bible tells us that. So therefore, be careful what crowd you're with. Oh, he found himself in the wrong crowd, but he also was a little bit overly concerned with what others would think. You wonder why you're doing what you're doing? It might be because you're overly concerned with what others might think. You know why you said what you said in school last week? You probably said it because there was someone else that you were concerned about what they might think if you didn't say it or didn't do it. Okay. As a matter of fact, you wonder why that you're maybe you're, you're, you've done so many things in your life that you think, wow, how did I, why did I do those things? It probably, in most cases, is because there is someone else there with you, there's someone else watching, and you're overly concerned with what they might think. Why don't we stand up for our beliefs? Why don't we proclaim them boldly? Why don't we live it every day? Could it be that we're overly concerned with what the world might think of us if we do? Listen, this world and everything in it will be destroyed. you guys agree with that? There's nothing here that's going to last. So therefore, why don't we put our thoughts and lives into things that will last? Right? I mean, that, logically, that makes perfect sense. But when I'm living my life day to day, I sure have a hard time doing it. Anybody else? I have a hard time doing it every day. So I'm asking myself today, Why? Why are you so overly concerned with what other people think? Live like you're supposed to live. Do what you're supposed to do. Talk like you're supposed to talk, right? Do the things that your Lord has asked you to do. Why, do you, why are you overly concerned with what other people might think? Now, I say overly concerned because there is an aspect in which I am concerned about other, what others think. In other words, I'm supposed to be living in such a way that I will need them to look at me and see Christ. So I need to be concerned with that part. Of, of what people think of me. Matter of fact, as far as it depends on me, I'm supposed to live at peace with everyone. Okay, so I, I mean, there is an aspect in, the, in, that, in that way that I am concerned. But to be concerned to the point that, that I deny or don't stand up for my Lord? No, not going to do it. Not going to be overly concerned. Not going to let peer pressure or what other people think hold me down. Listen, you're faced today with some dilemmas. Dilemmas in our country, and the world we live in. There are going to be things that you're going to be challenged with, young people especially. Let me, let me tell you, it's coming, it's here, but it's going to get worse. You've got to decide on some issues, make decisions based upon, hopefully, what you find God saying. And when you stand for those beliefs, there will be those who will not like it. There will be those who will say, how judgmental of you, how narrow-minded of you to think that way or to believe those things or to tell me that, they will say. Friends, family, 
That's the way it is. And I, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it for you because we live in a world where you're going to be forced to make some decisions. Now, we will make those decisions and we will proclaim our beliefs kindly, lovingly, with compassion and concern for other people. As a matter of fact, that's the only reason we're saying it anyway. If it were just uh, my pride says this is what I am. No, 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 it's not about that. It's about other people belonging to him and we want that more than anything else. So therefore, we will stand for what God says. And we will be bold in our statements, but we will do it with all the love and all the concern that we have for other people. So therefore, when we say something, we'll do it with the attitude of, I just want you to know about him. I just want you to know what God says about these things. You will be challenged to make those decisions and to say those words. Will you do it? Are you ready? Will you, are you willing to make that kind of commitment, that kind of decision? Because sometimes... We're too held back by what other people might think. Also, thought about this. Peter was a little bit overconfident, wasn't he? Lord, I don't care what everybody else does. I will never, ever disown you. I will never say that I don't know you. And just a few hours later, he does it three times. Oh, I'm powerful. I'm, I'm not. I'm, no, I can stand and do this on my own. Oh, pride comes before disaster and arrogance before a fall listen I have decided I don't know if it's true I'm hoping I never had to find out but I kind of feel like because I've seen some people in my life that if you put me in the right situation with the right scenarios all of the things happening in a certain way I'm probably capable of, capable of just about anything just being honest with you, all right? I, because I, I've seen people that I thought would never be in the situation they are. But because of things that happen, scenarios and situations that happen in their life, they ended up in a terrible and tragic place. People that I felt like, at least, were much stronger than me. And they ended up there. Therefore, maybe I need to be so, so very careful all right? When you think, yes, Lord, I'll never deny you, be careful because you might fall. Don't ever stand up and say, I can do this. This is me. I'm strong enough. I will withstand this temptation. I can handle this stuff. Be careful. That's exactly what Satan wants to hear because if he can get you there, then he can start to say, well, if you can handle it on your own, let me try this. Can you handle that on your own? Well, how about I put this in there? How about I put all these things together and then we'll see what you can do, right? Instead, we should say, Lord, help me through this day. It's all up to you today. I can't handle this on my own. Sin is too powerful. My struggles are too great. I just need you in my life and I need you to help me handle these things. Put your strength, your spirit in me so that I can handle and get through what's going on. Totally different way of looking at things. It's not about me. Not about how strong and powerful I am. It's about how powerful he is. And then I let him have my life. When I can do that, then he can keep me out of those situations and scenarios, which is what I need. So this, uh, this morning I'm just encouraging us all, be careful if you think you're strong because you might be falling. Now, let me close out by saying the story doesn't end there, thankfully. Amen? It doesn't end there for Peter because he goes on, right? Uh, that wasn't the end of it. As a matter of fact, the Lord restores those who fall, which I, uh, fail, which I find very encouraging, okay, because I fail way too much, okay. But I also noticed there was something particular that had to happen to Peter 
before he could be restored. Matter of fact, sometimes it takes a lot of tears. And for Peter in his situation, what he realized was, look at me. Look at where I am. How did I get here? This, I was never supposed to do this. The Lord told me I would even. And I, I no, I never. And look at where I am today. And it moved him to tears. In this case, literally to tears. I mean, he went out and said he wept. And he didn't just weep. But it says that he, if, if we could say today in, in, in Rick's vernacular, he bawled his eyes out, right? He cried and cried and cried. He realized what he had done. He realized where he was and how he had forsaken the one that meant everything to him. And he cried and he cried and he cried. In other words, this is my life is so messed up. How did I get her? I don't want to be here. This is not who I am. And he repented and he repented and he repented. I don't want to do this. I don't want this in my life. I'm going to get out of this situation. That's not where I'm supposed to be. And because of that attitude, Oh, yeah. Our Lord, He uses people that fail. Matter of fact, He doesn't use anybody that doesn't fail. Because we all do, right? What I'm saying is, if you, if we, any of us, when we find ourselves in that failing situation, if we will be moved to tears, to the point of, no, Lord, I don't want this. I want you in my life. He restores those. Pulls them back. Makes them His again. This morning, He'll do the same for you anybody else if we'll give him our life make sure he's first if you look inside right now and you know you're wandering way out there somewhere far from your lord not what god wants you to be hey don't you remember don't you remember what christ did for you maybe you've even denied that god is real that jesus is real you've denied him with your life the way you've lived decide today no more. I repent of that. Christ is the center of my life. And if everybody else falls away, I will still live for my Lord. Let's decide to give our life to Christ. If you need to respond to Christ as he calls to you, won't you come? As together we stand and sing this song.